0: Welcome to Holy Girl University. It's your girl, Amina Fuller. And today, I'm going to teach you how to finally break out of that cycle of sin and iniquity and just those things that make you feel guilty, but you just can't seem to give them up. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to paint a little picture for y'all. So... Let's just imagine that you have your dream man, okay? And, guys, imagine your dream girl. And let's imagine this man is, like, perfect for you, okay? Like, your dream man. Like, beautiful inside out, so wholesome. Like, literally, like, just perfect, okay? And you're married to him. You got a rock on your finger. And literally, like you love each other so much, he's just so amazing, okay, and let's just say that you have a co-worker named Arnold, and Arnold is like, hey, like, implying that you should cheat on your perfect man with him, and you're like, boy, like, no, and, like, no, so obviously, you turn your back on it, because, like, before you were with your perfect man, like, you were for the streets, but now that, like, you know, like, you're married now, and you love this man, and you're in a healthy, good relationship, you're like, I don't do that anymore, like, sorry, anyway, not only that, but you literally know that that sin, that that cheating would break your man's heart, like, that would hurt him, that would pain him, So you turn your back on it, and you turn the offer down, and you say no. Now, it's literally the same thing with God. Any good relationship requires a couple of basic things. Commitment, loyalty, consistency, time. You need to be committed to God. You need to consistently spend time Doing things that you know make him happy, like being in his word and worshiping him, you need to get to you need to get to know him better because to know God is to love God, and to love God is to know God. You can't be in a good relationship with somebody if you don't love them, and you can't be committed to someone really committed if you don't love them. Because then their relationship is gonna fall apart, even if the love is just on one end. When your love and devotion is going to something else above God, that's considered idolatry. And often our love and devotion can be to the world. And in James 4 4, it says that a lover of the world makes himself an enemy to God. Thankfully, God teaches us that He that to love our enemies. So we know that He loves He still loves you. But you need to love him back. Something essential in this is the ability to be able to identify your idols. Ezekiel 14, through 7 Some of the elders of Israel came to me. They sat down to talk to me. The word of the Lord came to me. He said, Son of man, these men came to talk to you, but they still have their filthy idols. They kept the things that made them sin. They still worship those statues. So why do they come to me for advice? Should I answer their questions? But I will give them an answer. You must tell them this. This is what the Lord God says. If any Israelites come to a prophet and ask me for advice, I myself will answer their questions. I, the Lord, will answer them even if they still have their filthy idols, even if they kept the things that made them sin, and even if they still worship those statues, I will speak to them in spite of all their filthy idols. This is because I want to touch their hearts. I want to show them that I love them, even though they left me for their filthy idols. So I tell the family of Israel, this is what the Lord God says. Come back to me and leave your filthy idols. Turn away from those terrible false gods. If any Israelites or foreigners who live in Israel come to me for advice, I will give them an answer. I, the Lord, will answer them, even if they have their filthy idols, even if they kept the things that made them sin. A question that you need to begin to ask yourself is what statues do you worship? What are your idols? What is first in your life? Where is your free time going? No matter what, what is always going to take priority in your life? When you first come to Christ or if you're in the cycle of sin it is important to assess those idols and begin to remove them from your life or lower them down in rank. Now, let's just go back to the analogy of God as a husband. Literally, I'm telling you guys, it's as simple as this. The key to stop your sin is to spend time with God and grow in your relationship with him. Grow in your relationship with Him, and you won't want to do things that break your heart because you will get fulfillment and peace in Christ, and that will make those things displeasing to you. We know that when you love someone and when you're in a relationship with them, you start to act like them more, you start to behave like them. And in Christ, we're supposed to renew our mind, right? So, as you're reading the Bible, And as you say, like, you have to have the mentality as you read it of how can I grow? You start, you're starting to apply these things to your life. You're starting to read it. I would encourage all of you to read the Bible like it is God's love letter written to you. Dear Daniela, dear Annabelle, I'm working all things together for your good because you love me and I've called you according to my purpose. Dear Jackson, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And when you actually put God first and you start having a lifestyle of worship, a godly lifestyle, and you're saying, how do I live a godly lifestyle, Amina? You're just saying this, but you're not giving me the steps. Let me tell you this. One, two, three. One, commit at least 30 minutes to reading the Bible a day. I know that seems hard, but we scroll on social media for like two hours. Two, spend at least 10 minutes in worship a day. If you don't know a single worship song, that's okay. Just look up worship music and just sing along to it. Look up the lyrics. Pull it up and just worship along. If you feel heavy, the the Bible says that God gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's his exchange. He'll take that 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 cloak of heaviness off of you because it can often feel like that, like it rests on your shoulders. And he'll give you the garment of praise instead. If you're saying, Amina, I've tried all this, but I just can't stop. Listen, James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart you double-minded. And when you're being tested like that, never be like, oh, the Lord is tempting me. The Lord is testing me. That's not God. That's your own sin. That's the devil who has a legal right to do that because of the sin and iniquity that you're living in. But when you are saved, when you have a place in Christ, when you're under his covering, he won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. He won't allow you to be tempted to the place where you fall into sin. He's not the tempter. It's important to remember that. And he always gives you a way out of temptation. So when you come to him and you're saved and you renew your mind in him, he'll begin to lead you out of that because he gives, there's another doorway that he opens for you to leave that sin behind and for you to walk into his glory and be washed clean from that and be set free from that. And what you have to do is you have to be like, God, I'm sorry, you have to repent for what you've done. And if you're here, I want you to know that God loves you and God has called you. He's called you and he's called you. And he will never turn his back on you. Even if you've been his enemy, even if if you're watching this and you're like, Amina, I just can't turn to God because I feel so bad. I've been his enemy. I want you to know that God never turned his back on you. God says, fear not for I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Even if you've wanted no part in God, he's saying, I've called you by name. You are not, you are mine. Fear not. He's redeemed you. He's redeemed you. You're sinning and you're saying, I just can't hear God. So I'm just going to go back to the sin again. Let me tell you all this. You need to stop treating God like a Bluetooth speaker like we can turn up the volume without getting out of our seats. God doesn't work like that. If you want to hear God, you got to get up and you got to move closer to the speaker. Because the closer that you move to the speaker, the more you need, you draw near to God, the more he draws near to you. The louder you hear his voice, the closer you move to him. And do you know how to move? You, you want to know how to move closer to God? Get in his word. Worship him. Get in that church. But the number one way is through the word of God. You're saying, I don't hear the voice of God. I just want to hear him. You want to hear the voice of God? Read the Bible out loud. There you go. The voice of God straight in your ears. And I promise you, you will eventually begin to hear him speak to you. The Bible says in Ezekiel 14 that I, the Lord, will answer all those, both Israelites and foreigners who reject me and set up idols in their hearts and so fall into sin and who then come to a prophet asking for my advice. Let's just be for real with you guys, okay? Because sometimes we just crave prophecy. You're like, it's like you are you haven't read your word in three weeks, but you're like, God, like, why don't I have a husband yet? And so you come to a prophet and you're like, prophesy, And you're so thirsty to hear what God is going to say about your future when you don't want to know what he has to say right now. When you're not seeking his voice through his word. And prophets can easily turn to idols that way when you're seeking them instead of the word, which provides every which provides instruction for every single petition that you are going to and that you need to make to God. Let me tell you this. Resisting sin is this easy. Resist the devil, and he will. Flee. That's what the Bible says. And you cannot go back and repeat your old sin. The Bible says in Proverbs 26, 11, just as a dog returns his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Do not return to your vomit. And you find that strength in Christ. And you also need to edify, you need to you need to reconstruct your circle. Because if you're around a bunch of dogs who are looking at their own vomit, your vomit is going to look like a bowl of recess puffs. It's going to look good. The Bible says that he who walks with the wise becomes wise, and he who walks with the fool becomes a fool. You need to walk around wise people. Anyway, let's go to Romans 6, 1 through 3, and this is the MSG version. It says, so what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? Mm, I know so many Christians. I hope, I should hope not. This is so good. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Oh. Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? I'm just going to skip a little bit. It's talking about baptism. Um, We entered into the new country of grace. A new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. And it's also very important for us to get baptized. But you don't have to get baptized in order to stop sinning. You don't need to come to Jesus already sanctified and all good. No. God doesn't call those who don't need his help. God calls those who are sinful, a.k.a. every single being in his planet. You don't need to stop your sin before you come to Jesus. He'll take you out of it. Because he already knows about it, and he wants to deliver you from it. Because he loves you. Anyway, it talks about baptism, and then at the end it says, we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. So basically, it's giving this beautiful analogy of baptism, but it just applies to life with Jesus as well, because you can call yourself a citizen. of You can call yourself a citizen of heaven. You could literally have a tattooed on your forehead, okay? But you can't be a citizen of a new country when you're still living in your old house. Because remember it says, didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? Because salvation means sanctification. It means deliverance. And deliverance doesn't mean you stay where you are. It means that God is delivering you. He's taking you out of something. That means you're healed. You're washed clean. You're made whole. Because before, girl... You were living in a shack and no man's land. And I don't mean no man, because girl, we know you had enough men. But you might've been living in iniquity. And iniqui- iniquity is basically like when sin doesn't even feel bad anymore because you're just numb to conviction. If you know the scripture says, be sober-minded, but you just like hit your vape like every day and you feel nothing, it just feels normal. You're living in iniquity if you're just like hooking up, I'm like, no shame, but if you're just hooking up and you don't feel bad about it, you don't, you know, you know, God sees you and, and you might even know it breaks his heart, but you don't feel bad about it. You don't feel bad about it anymore. You're living in iniquity. Or maybe you do something and you feel a little sinful, but you just do it anyways. Let me tell you this. The closer you are to God, the more sinful you will feel. So if you're Entering a sanctification process, if you just like repent and you're growing closer to God, you're going to feel more sinful. And again, the closer to God, the more sinful you feel. So the further you get from God, the number you are to his conviction. Think about that. Now, being part of a new country means that you have to abide by their laws, you're under a loving and just ruler. Because we know when you were in the streets, things that might have had control over your life were depression, anxiety. I'm not saying that when you're a Christian, you don't struggle with that. But God can deliver you out of that. Like how He delivered me out of that. God delivered me from suicide, God delivered me from anxiety, God delivered me from depression from literally, like, schizophrenia, like, crazy stuff. Like, God delivered me from it. God delivered means I don't deal with that anymore. I've been set free by his stripes. I've been healed. And by his stripes, you no longer have to suffer with that pornography addiction. By by his stripes, you can be healed from your anxiety. By his stripes, that health condition that you're dealing with, back can be healed the bible says in first john 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness you just need to repent to god for everything that you've done before you were saved if you're saved everything that you can think of repent and re- ask for his forgiveness for the things that you didn't even mention things that you may have forgotten and what god is going to do to you is he's going to take a sharp piece of sea glass and it's going to go into the ocean. And, he, and when it comes out, it's going to be a beautiful new creation. And we know that in order to be made a new creation, I'm not saying that life with Jesus is going to be easy. I'm not saying that as a piece of sea glass, you're not going to go through those waves and it's not gonna, it, it, it's, and it's not going to be rough. And you're not going to go through warfare and it's not going to, and it's, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but when you come out, you're going to be smooth. You're going to be beautiful. You're going to be value. You're going to be valuable. You're going to be precious, like a ruby, the Bible says. Some people are going to say, well, what's the whole point of coming to God if I'm going to suffer? Are you not suffering in the world? Because the difference between suffering wherever you are right now without God and suffering with God is that when you suffer with god and for god you know that you have the victory in the end of it oh you know that there is someone who is with you that is guiding you through that is helping you through it and you have peace in whatever you're going through you have a peace and you know that there is somebody out there there is something with you actually there is someone with you who is working all things together for your good Because when you're in the world, you constantly have to make up for the lack of having God do that for you. You constantly have to make up for the lack of having God's promises. You have to try to instruct yourself and find your own meaning of life. When in the word, it clearly instructs us what the the meaning of life is. When we suffer for God, we have the word of God that guides us through it. And we have peace in whatever we're going through. We We have joy in tribulations. I don't think you had joy when your sixth boyfriend broke up with you. No, you didn't. You were depressed. You might have been suicidal. But God doesn't want that for you. Which is why God clearly outlines what he wants in a relationship and how to have a good relationship. And then relationships that are rooted in Christ will not fail. Anyway. You might be cheating on God with some fruit-flavored cancer air, okay? Like, boy, don't don't eat an apple and put that thing down. Let me tell y'all this. Nothing is worth it. Nothing is worth it. All we have to do is confess and repent for what we've done. We're children of God, not grown adults. And we know that when your child does something wrong... You're going to always forgive them. As long as they come to you and they're like, hey, like, mom, you know, I did this. You say, it's okay. Like, I forgive you. Don't do it again. But if they do it again, you still, you know, you still forgive them. Y'all, I've literally seen porn stars become pastors. Like, anointed on fire for God, Holy Spirit-filled pastors. And now that you are in Christ... You don't go back to that old vomit anymore. You don't go back to those filthy clothes because God gave you clean ones. Romans thirteen, Romans thirteen, thirteen. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties. Ooh, I, I used to be. Me. And drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity, and immoral living. Or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. God knows that some of us struggle with that. That you see that and you might want to do it. It might be tempting to you. But he encourages you that when you're dealing with that temptation, that instead you clothe yourself with the pres- with his presence. And we get the presence of God, again, through his word and through worship. Through- so how do you stop sinning? Grow in your relationship with God. Grow in your love for him. That is the answer. Period. And I will share my testimony later, but you guys, I was not raised in the church, okay? Like I I know what it I know what it's like to live in like like literally like be for the streets. I yeah, I know what a life of sin looks like. What it feels like. But God began to unteach these things as I believed in him, as I spent my time with him, he began to unteach these ways. He began to culture me. I believe I couldn't trust God with my future. And I feel like a lot of you believe that too, which is, might be um like a, a root of your sin. Maybe you, you, believe, you believe that you can't trust God with, with, you know, with your future, or you believe that, you know, you you can't find happiness in Jesus, that the world is going is to be more fulfilling to you. Maybe you were like how I was, where I just saw God as a source, not a friend, or a father, or a shepherd. And you have to get to know him. You have to get to know his character. I remember I was going through the season where God was revealing to me that I wasn't trusting him enough and he told me, get to know my character. And we're going to have an episode on that later on. But start studying now. Worship him. If you're feeling convicted from today, that's good. If you know even far, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, my friends. A lot of you, all of you who identify with this currently, if you're like, man, you know, you're describing me and, you know, I'm living in my old house and I just want you to know that God has not turned his back on you. And that God will never fail. God will never stop pursuing you and loving you. But you owe him the same. Because when you commit yourself wholeheartedly to God, you will succeed. The Bible says in proverbs sixteen three. before you do anything i have this on my wall before you do anything put your trust totally in god and not in yourself then every plan you make will succeed make a plan write it down i will stop watching this i will stop smoking this i will say no to this i will get out of bed with this person then trust in god do your part trust in god And know that he will make your plan succeed, my friend. God bless.